Ethel Barrymore, Girl Actress by Shirley Petkin Newman Illustrated by Al Fiorentino Chapter 9, England London Bridge is falling down, falling down, falling down Ethel and Lionel were in the garden outside their house in England, playing with their new friend Chauncey. Take a key and lock him up, lock him up, lock him up. Clasping hands, Ethel and Lionel rocked Chauncey back and forth so hard that all three children howled with laughter. Children, Mama called from the window, would you like to go sightseeing? We'll see the real London Bridge. Is it falling down, falling down? No, it's quite new, Mama laughed. The old bridge fell down many times. Would you like to go with us, Chauncey? Thank you, by Jove I would. English people talk funny, said Lionel, patting his friend on the back. Chauncey, why don't you learn to speak English? An hour later, the children were watching horse-drawn carriages rumble over London Bridge. Boats floated on the Thames River beneath. Then, Mama took them to see Buckingham Palace, where the Queen lived. Ethel gazed admiringly at the huge grey palace with its beautiful gardens. The palace looked as if it had a thousand rooms. A tall soldier in a scarlet jacket and high fur hat stood at attention near the iron gate. Ethel smiled as a stray kitten scampered by him and ducked under the fence. Look, Mama, she said, Pussycat is going to see the Queen. May we see her too? Mama smiled. I'm afraid not, dear. Since Queen Victoria's husband died, she spends most of her time in the country. Perhaps we'll see her someday. Ethel moved closer to the tall guard and looked up into his face. Hello, Mr. Guard, she said. How are you today? The guard didn't answer. He kept his eyes straight ahead. Hello, Ethel spoke louder this time. Still, the guard said nothing. He's not supposed to speak to anyone while he's on duty, Chauncey whispered. My brother tried to make a guard laugh, but he couldn't. Papa said I'm good at making people laugh, said Ethel. May I try, Mama? All right, I guess everyone tries. Ethel stopped in front of the guard, stuck her thumbs in her ears, and wiggled her fingers. The guard didn't smile. He didn't even seem to see her. Next, she sucked in her cheeks and moved her lips up and down like a goldfish. Mama, Lionel, and Chauncey laughed but the guard didn't seem to know Ethel was there. His lips were set in a straight line. What shall I do now? Ethel wondered, as the kitten came scampering back under the fence. Then she had an idea. She took the kitten and lifted it high in the air. Pussycat, pussycat, where have you been? She chanted in a low voice. Then she spoke in a high, squeaky voice. I've been to London to visit the Queen. She went on in a low voice. Pussycat, pussycat, what did you do there? 
I frightened a little mouse under the chair. Mama and the boys laughed. The kitten purred. The guard looked straight ahead and made no sound at all. Never mind, dear, said Mama. We'd better go along now. Ethel set the kitten back on the ground. Goodbye, Mr. Guard, she said with a wink. I think perhaps you're laughing inside. Next, Mrs. Barrymore took the children to visit Madame Tussaud's Wax Museum. They saw carved figures of famous men and women there. These figures were so lifelike that it was hard to remember they weren't real. Look, Ethel, said Mama, pointing at a plump figure of a woman with a sparkly crown on her head. There's Queen Victoria. We're seeing her sooner than we thought. Ethel curtsied before the Queen. How do you do, Your Majesty? she said. I'm sorry your husband died. Please don't be sad. Do you know who that is? Mama pointed at the figure of a bald man with a pointed beard. It's William Shakespeare, she went on when the children shook their heads. He wrote Romeo and Juliet and many other plays. Then they looked at wax figures of former English kings and queens, of generals and admirals and many other famous people. Soon they left the museum and rode through narrow streets with rows of brick houses on both sides. Finally, they stopped at a cozy tea room where they crunched and munched on crumpets. Mama and Papa took the children sightseeing many times while they lived in England. They went to a great church, Westminster Abbey, where kings and queens were crowned. They played in parks where there were beautiful old trees, green grass, and curving walks, flower gardens, and lakes with graceful swans. One day, while the family was riding, Papa said, Soon we'll see Piccadilly Circus. Good, exclaimed Lionel. You didn't tell us we were going to the circus. Will there be elephants and clowns and ladies on beautiful horses? asked Ethel. Piccadilly Circus isn't quite like that, said Mama. Here we are. Ethel looked around. She didn't see anything but shops and theaters and an open paved area where several streets came together. Where's the circus? she asked. There isn't any, at least not the kind you're thinking of. In England, circus can just mean a place where many streets meet. Oh, Ethel was disappointed. Don't worry, Papa said, giving her a hug. Kitty will take you to the zoo. You'll see plenty of animals there. Look, there's the Haymarket Theater where I work. Haymarket? cried Ethel in surprise. What a funny name for a theater. Long ago, there was a haymarket here. Lionel let out a whoop. Who would want to buy hay here? A horse? Say, who's that? Lionel pointed up ahead at a tall column with a statue on top. Lord Nelson, said Papa, a famous British admiral. He commanded British ships against the French and Spanish at Trafalgar. Who won? The British. They've had command of the seas ever since. 
Was Lord Nelson very brave? asked Ethel. Indeed he was. He lost an arm in one battle, and he was badly wounded at Trafalgar. Still, he kept right on giving his men orders until the battle was won. Then he died. How sad, Ethel said softly, thinking about poor, brave Admiral Nelson. Nanny, said Lionel, and she laughed. Now they approached the River Thames again. Soon they came to a cluster of huge gray stone buildings surrounded by a high wall. Zow, what's that? asked Lionel. A fort? That's the Tower of London. Yes, it was a fort once. It was a prison too. And at one time, it was used as a castle. The walls are so thick, they could hold off a whole army. Ugh, I wouldn't want to live there. It looks so dreary, said Ethel. No, it doesn't, Lionel piped up. It looks exciting. May we go in, Papa? Yes, it's a museum now, Papa told the driver to stop, and they all piled out. Men in fancy red and blue costumes with funny breeches walked about. They had ribbons on their shoes and wore flat-topped hats. They held spears decorated with tassels. Who are those men? Ethel asked. The Beef Eaters, said Mama. Once they guarded the king, but now they guide tourists. Beef Eaters? Lionel shrieked. Why are they called that? It's just a nickname. Their real title was Human of the Guard, but long ago, someone started to call them Beef Eaters. No one's sure why but I've heard people say it's because they used to eat their master's beef. They look nice and fat, Ethel giggled and took Papa's hand. Come, he said, let's go into the Wakefield Tower. You'll want to see the crown jewels inside the building. A few moments later, the Barrymore stood before a glass case. Inside, on a white satin pillow, was the Queen's crown. Ethel gasped. She had never seen anything so beautiful. The crown was covered with sparkling stones of every color. Around the bottom was soft white fur like she had seen around Lady Shoulders at the theater. Does the crown really belong to the Queen, Mama? Why doesn't she wear it? It's much too heavy for every day, Mama said. It's only worn on very special occasions, like a coronation when the queen is crowned. The rest of the time, it's kept here so everyone can enjoy looking at it. Lionel blinked his eyes. That stone in the middle is bright as the sun, he said. That's the Koenor diamond, said the beef eater guarding the jewels. It was supposed to bring bad luck to any man who owned it. Then it's a good thing it belongs to a woman, said Ethel. Did anyone ever try to steal it? Lionel asked, reaching toward the case. It must be worth a zillion dollars. They'd better not, said Papa. If a thief broke into that case, the doors and gates of the tower would shut. He'd be a prisoner. Ethel shivered. 
Well, I won't steal it, she said. It's much too big for my head. Before the Barrymores left the Tower of London, they looked at dark dungeons where famous people had been imprisoned. Best of all, however, they liked the crown jewels. Ethel was sorry the queen couldn't wear them every day. A few weeks later, Mr. and Mrs. Barrymore took Ethel and Lionel on a journey in the country outside of London. They went to see an old castle high atop a hill. Around the castle was a moat, a deep ditch with a bridge over it. This is a drawbridge, Papa explained as they walked toward it. See those chains? They were used to pull up the bridge so that enemies couldn't get inside the castle. I wish I'd lived then, Lionel said. Wouldn't it be fun to live in a place like this? He stepped back to look at the great stone castle, dark against the blue sky. Only noblemen or important lords and ladies lived in castles, Papa said. Most other people lived in tiny cottages. He pointed at the high round towers on top of the castle. Soldiers or knights stood guard up there. If an enemy did get over the drawbridge, he was shot down with arrows. Ethel shivered with excitement. Who lives here now, Papa? she asked. An old friend of mine. There he is. A short fat man with a great white mustache stood by the castle door. Welcome, dear friends, he said, shaking Papa's hand. How are you, Lord Higglebottom, said Mama. Meet our children, Ethel and Lionel. Lord Higglebottom is a direct descendant of the Lord who lived in this castle long ago. Descendant? asked Lionel, puzzled. What is a descendant? Lord Higglebottom guffawed. That means my great, 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 great grandfather was the first Lord Higglebottom. Come in, come in. As they entered the castle, Ethel gazed in amazement at the huge room. It had a high ceiling, an enormous fireplace, and bare stone floors. She wondered how anyone could live there. There wasn't even any furniture. Lord Higglebottom seemed to read her thoughts. I don't live in this part of the castle, he explained. I have a cottage in the back. Lionel was staring at a suit of armor hanging on the wall. What's this for, he asked, knocking on the armor. Knights used to wear armor to protect themselves in battle, Lord Higglebottom explained. We just leave it there for people to see. Ethel pointed at a square piece of pink lace in a glass case. What's that? she asked. Lord Higglebottom chuckled. That was the lady's handkerchief, he said. The ladies tossed their handkerchiefs to the knights who went off to battle or to fight in a tournament. He went on to explain that a tournament was a kind of contest. The knights dueled with each other on horseback. Ethel wasn't listening. She was still looking at the lady's handkerchief. Had it brought a knight good luck? Was the lady who gave it to him very beautiful? The lady had blue eyes and curly hair, like Mama's, she decided. The knight 
was tall and handsome like Papa, and he loved the lady dearly. He'd gone off to battle with the handkerchief tucked inside his armor. When he returned, they had lived happily ever after. Ethel, are you coming? asked Mama. Where are we going? Oh, Ethel, you were daydreaming. Didn't you hear Lord Higglebottom say he would take us up to see the tower? Yes, I'd like to. Ethel took Lionel's hand, and the two children followed the grown-ups up a narrow, winding staircase. Don't you wish we'd lived when there were knights and tournaments? Lionel asked. No, said Ethel, taking two steps at a time. I'd rather be living now. Besides, we can always make believe we lived then. Making believe is lots of fun. 